0: you are now tuned in to the profit link up
1: welcome to the profit link up your community connection to small businesses in the memphis area I'm John, and I'm your host today, and our guest today is Tish Tanoli from Pink Promotions. Welcome, Tish. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. Well, tell me a little bit about Pink Promotions.
0: Well, uh, we basically sell anything with your logo on there, any branded apparel or promotional products. We sell to businesses and institutions.
1: Fantastic. What differentiates you from your competitors? Me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, really, uh, we're very fair priced um I've worked for other people my entire life and sold at a huge pro- profit margin for them and um I wanted to do something that would be fair to my customers to have a lot of repeat business and um build relationships
1: so it was a, it was a customer first and that's what got you to start pink promotion yes uh, what was the what was the real genesis of Pink Promotions? What made you decide this is the right time to go start my own business?
0: Well, the company I was working for when COVID hit uh, basically shut the doors down, and really? yeah, yeah, and uh, after a couple months, you know, I'm just a worker, and I started thinking about it, and I looked into becoming an ASI distributor which is just one of the largest organizations for suppliers and distributors of promotional products. Mm-hmm. So I went through the interview process with them and ended up getting it, and so I went for it.
1: So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. And, and how long have you been doing that now?
0: Uh, since March of 2020.
1: Wow. Yeah. So what was it like starting a business in the middle of COVID?
0: Well, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was um you know, we didn't really know which way to go at first. There's uh, there's several approaches to revenue with what I do. Um, there's a huge portion that is from an inside sales perspective, and you call we call on like police, fire, um, health departments all around the country, and um, so I had that. People were still buying as far as that was concerned, and um, I got the leads and just started hammering that out and got myself in a position. To where, um, you know, I could add on some more. So as COVID went away, I mean, it started getting, I guess people started coming back to work. Not that it's ever gone away, but um, as people started coming back to work, I started focusing more on an outside sales perspective. Okay. And I um, joined the Mid-South Minority Business Continuum Mm -hmm. as a woman-owned business. Okay. And um, honestly, that's one of the best things that I could have done for my business. Really? Yes. Um, they helped me immensely. Like, uh, and I thought, you know, with I'm not a minority, um, but I am a woman. Right. <laughs> and um, I thought that, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like. But anyway, they really help all small businesses is okay. what they do. It's a great organization. And it just opened up some really big doors that would have taken me years to open on my own. And really?
1: uh uh-huh. what sort of specific uh kind of advice and, and help did they provide for you?
0: Well they they have a lot of training. Um they they have they work with a lot of big organizations, whether it's FedEx, I mean like lots of big companies and um that that you get exposure to as a business that's part of the Mid-South Minority Business Continuum so that you get exposure to them, which is great, obviously. Um, But they also do a lot of educational things. Um, Like they had a, a program that's called the Clear Path to Cash. And okay. it's about all about your books. I mean, I'm not even, my son's a financial analyst, so he does most of that for me. But it really helped me to wrap my mind around what he's been trying to drill in my head basically in a lot of ways. So that helped me a lot. And, um, but mostly just the doors that it opened for me.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. But what were the biggest things you had to learn in, in switching from working from somebody else to being a business owner?
0: Well, that I'm in charge of everything <laughs> and it's not just getting the big sell. It's, it's, you know, the books, it's, it's, Uh, social media, it's all of it. So yeah.
1: Which have you found to be the most challenging? Social media.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just finding the time to do it mostly. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: What's been successful for you on social media and what's been a struggle for you on social?
0: You know, I don't really know a good answer to that. I I don't. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm a lifelong Memphian. So I have a lot of friends on social Mm -hmm. media. Um, so I guess I get the exposure there, but right. I, I don't really I don't know the answer to that.
1: Well, it sounds like so much your business is, is personal. When you look at uh, in a day and age when so many things have moved online and it's it's there's been a commoditization uh, of of products, I, I think there's real room for people that provide a personal touch and to have have somebody that people can connect with uh, rather than a faceless website that that might not even be operated out of this country sure uh, for all they know but to have somebody that they know locally that they can touch base with
0: absolutely and that's you know my the best part about it and you know th- what I've found is and you're and you're right you're right. People can go straight to the internet and order promotional products and even branded apparel, but there's a certain element of risk there. If they mess up the order, it's on them. So I take that responsibility too, but it's mostly, I think people, like you said, enjoy working with each other. You know, businesses like to help each other out. I I think anyway.
1: Absolutely. I I think too, sometimes in this, uh, hopefully as we move towards a post covid world somewhat mm-hmm. uh, that i think we're longing to to reestablish those those connections and uh, and to have real people and real accountability uh, for what's going on mm-hmm. and somebody i think who has an understanding of the business and what that business needs to succeed. It's not enough to sell someone to sell them something. Yes, you you can, or they might need it. But do the, are you providing the right thing for them? Are yeah. You, you seem you seem like you're. Focused on solutions.
0: Absolutely, and that's the you know that's my favorite part of the job is really learning what people their target audience who they're trying to persuade. Um, you know, I can work with any budgets from tiny to huge, um, and and I like to get people thing, You know, because a lot of it's junk. I mean, let's just be real. A lot of promo stuff is junk, and I don't I don't like doing that for my customers. I want to get them things that are going to be effective that they can use and that will help them with their branding.
1: What have been some of the uh, best sellers?
0: Well, I mean, it's like you would think that it's, uh, I mean, you would think like people want like some big fancy Electronic stuff sells well, obviously, because you use it. What I try to do is to provide things to my customers that people can use over and over and over again, okay. as far as branding. And that way, you know, uh, it, it, it
1: achieves the goal it's intended for. Is there is there one particular uh, electronic item that tends to be more popular than others?
0: Well, really, uh, one of the biggest sellers is flash drives. Okay. A lot of businesses still love to hand those out. Okay. And they'll do it like people that have, uh, whether it's a convention or some sort of conference, a lot of times they'll load everything up on the flash drive, mm-hmm. and then they'll hand that out to the attendees.
1: Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, do are any of them doing anything interesting with the flash drives, loading any of their own promotional material or anything like that on, on flash drives? We actually,
0: we can load everything, anything they want on the flash drive. So, oh,
1: yeah. Very cool. It would be for them. Very cool. Do, do you find that people are finding promotional items more or less relevant in a post-COVID world?
0: I, you know, I would honestly would have thought that they would have found it less relevant, but there, it seems to be that it's still very much alive and people are, see the value in it and are and still going for it, which is great.
1: Are you finding, too, that I think uh, is as competition has never been more important uh, right now because it's a it's a competition for survival Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps more clearly than it's ever been before Mm -hmm. in in tough economic times that the people are getting more creative about uh, about the way they're trying to get the word out about their their brand and their products
0: i do i think people are i think that they're i think they recognize the value in it a lot more because of those reasons
1: so what have you done to establish your own brand? You've gotten very good at, at helping other people with their branding. What are you doing to promote your own brand?
0: Well, obviously, I use promotional products. I also, like I was talking about social media, uh, do email campaigns, uh, really everything that any other business does.
1: Uh, and... Um, when you when you do that, what are you doing within those campaigns to differentiate yourself? Is there is there did you spend much time kind of trying to think through a unique selling proposition, uh, that sort of thing, branding wise, or is there a process you walk yourself through that you also walk your customers through?
0: No, I mean like a, my end, I have a wide variety of end users, mm-hmm. so each of my customers usually has a certain target audience, so it's more about finding out what they what they're trying to who they're trying to reach okay. and then you know trying to figure and then go go into the drawing board there's li- literally millions of products to choose from so it, it depends on what they want to do so i have to offer solutions to that and what's the best most cost effective way that they can do that and reach this, a certain number of people
1: so and so you're finding most of your sales are coming from outside sales or inside sales outside and, and what's your process in, in identifying good good leads and prospects? Well,
0: um, the a lot of, okay, so I, like I said, I was a mem- I'm was a member of MMBC. I've also become a certified uh, woman-owned business for the city and for the county. So that's opened up a lot of doors within the city and county for me. So that's brought in some rev- a revenue stream that, uh, frankly, has been fairly easy and they're great to work with. So I'm real happy about that. And then what I do is I will pick an industry, whether it's, you know, in the winter, I went through, I was looking at landscaping companies and pool companies, you know, just I'm, I'm little, you know, I just right. go and I get on the phone I do it old school and call and make appointments, introduce myself, find out what they're using, who they want to give it to, what they want to accomplish, and then Go, go from
1: there. But do you have any advice for people that, uh, that I, I think there's been a tendency over the last few years for people to want to, again, sort of depersonalize, they want to, and sometimes perhaps I think it's because as humans, we all uh, face a fear of rejection of, of when you put yourself out there, uh, the, that there's a possibility of getting rejected. So we think about, well, if I were just online and I could handle these things online, uh, that I could eliminate that fear and I, I suspect I would sell just as well do you have any advice for people uh, that are thinking that way and and, and uh, that you that you might have advice for somebody that that's had a little timidity towards doing outside sales
0: well like I said earlier I feel like most businesses want to help each other out they you know local small businesses like to do business with local small businesses. And so that pretty much opens a lot of doors there and no won't kill you. <laughs> and every no you go through there's a yes after that, you know. So it's it's um it's less scary than you would think because we're all just people. You
1: know, but. Right. And again, I think, again, we're so longing for connection when we when we went a year or two without it. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the, the longing for connection uh, overwhelms uh, a lot of what before might have been some obstacles uh, or people have being guarded about uh, about meeting new folks. I think we're excited to have folks that who want to help us.
0: Sure. I agree with that. I totally agree with that.
1: How do you convince uh, how do you convince your prospects that, that you are the solution for them?
0: I do. There, there's really not a lot of convincing involved. I mean, it's not brain surgery to begin <laughs> with. Um, you know, it's. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of happy customers. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say that I can provide referrals if anybody's skeptical. uh, but like I said, and I do everything on a net 30, so I don't even ask people to pay up front. So they get the product, they love the product, and then they pay me for it. So that's always a good thing, too. Um, so there's no risk on their part for right. the most part. And, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 and it's about connection. It's, it really is. It's about when you sit down and you talk with somebody, you kind of connect or you don't. And that's okay.
1: With, with taking the risk out there and doing uh, net 30, have you, do you ever get burned?
0: The only thing that I've gotten burned with was some of the uh, smaller police departments in more rural areas. I have a couple of those that didn't pay, but um, fortunately they were small enough uh, that it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, right. and, I, and I don't even think that there was any malice intended. I think it was a lot of unorganized.
1: You know things got lost in the bureaucratic sure. shuffle,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah,
1: well, where do you see yourself and your company in 10 years?
0: Well, um, what I hope to see is I, I want to really ramp up internet sales, I do. Um, I want to really create an inside sales room, uh, oh, yeah. and have a sales force that's on the phone all day long calling municipalities, mm-hmm. uh, please fire health departments all around the country. And, um, you know, that's a great revenue stream because the margins are ridiculous and mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. And then of course the outside sales part, which is what I love. I love the outside sales. So that's where I want to end up.
1: What percentage of your business is is local versus national?
0: Probably right now, probably 80% of my business is local.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what makes you and your company uniquely Memphis?
0: Well, um, you know we've we've like I told you earlier, I have been in sales my entire life, and and we we had to you know sales is a tough game at times, yeah. and um, you know kind of just had to grit and grind it out like the Grizzlies, go Grizz, <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> They're well, gonna win tonight.
1: They are. They are. I'm with you. Uh, are there any issues that you've had to face as a as a female business owner that you think have been extra challenges and extra obstacles to overcome?
0: Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nobody says so just yeah. not not anymore the uh, the, the typical that uh, that uh, so many women bear that are uh, that are that are moms business women yeah, exactly. trying to trying to do it all
0: yeah and usually honestly usually it's women that handle the purchasing in businesses anyway
1: yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. and, I, and I think you're starting to see, as as much as uh, sometimes we treat it as a as a uh, minority owned business, we're actually starting to see the percentages are shifting, and that actually the majority of small businesses are being started by women. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yep. that's cool. Yeah, almost yeah. almost sixty percent actually.
0: I had no idea. Yeah.
1: No, and we're starting to see that. We're starting to see, uh, again, uh, the greatest number even of uh, college graduates are starting to be overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly women. And that's sort of thing. it's interesting. So we're going to rule the world. We're going to rule the world. If you, if you didn't already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it secretly. <laughs> exactly. It's now just getting some publicity. Yeah, exactly. Get, get, get your due finally yeah. a little bit. Well, uh, in, in party, what would you like people to know about Pink Promotions?
0: that we are here to build relationships and we're here for the long haul.
1: Yeah. Well, fantastic! I I love the fact that you're taking a personal touch towards something that, that uh, again sometimes has been impersonal or commoditized. I do think that it's so helpful to have somebody that that loves Memphis and that loves the local community uh, that's cheering on uh, that's cheering on the Grizz okay. uh, that we've all that, that we're all in on this together. I'm I'm hoping that people uh, in this post-COVID world will will look to a resurgence that uh, includes companies like Pink Promotions uh, helping local businesses. Uh, succeed. Absolutely. Well, anyway, uh, I want to thank uh, our guest, Tish Tanoli of Pink Promotions. Do give uh, Tish a call to help make your company unforgettable. How can they get a hold of
0: you? Uh, they can reach me at uh, 901-602-9360. My website is pinkpromotionsstore.com.
1: Okay, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you listening to The Profit Link Up. Tune in for more local business spotlights and stories of businesses that are uniquely Memphis like Pink Promotions. Check them out. Thanks. Thank you, Tish.